also want to use this opportunity to welcome those who are worshipping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV and uh, our audio channels on Buzzsprout and uh, the podcasts, both on iOS and Android platforms. We want to say continue to celebrate God and let us hear from you as you have always done. It's good to hear from you on Facebook, on Instagram and those places that we also put uh, parts of our messages and parts of our uh, services. May God continue to bless you where you are in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We started a series a couple of weeks ago on living in purposeful creativity and this is the third session of that series. And I want to thank God for how God has been leading us as a church. We are in our covenant season of divine creativity and we are making emphasis now on our third vision objective as a church, the vision objective to work with God and to raise with him a people of purity, power, and the third one is purpose. Fourth vision objective is prosperity. You can see those on our banners. But on this series, we are looking at nine parts and we are on the third, as I said, we will end it at the end of September by the grace of, at the end of October by the grace of God. Last two weeks, we looked at the place of vision in purposeful creativity, living a visionary lifestyle. We say everything starts with vision. And then we say vision cannot be accomplished unless there is discipline. No matter how grand a vision is, if a visionaire and the people running with it are in discipline, it can never be accomplished. But because God's word will not fall to the ground, what God simply does is he carries that vision and puts it on somebody else. When Elijah said, I'm, was, I'm tired, Lord, take my life, I'm tired. I'm the only one left. God said, no, son, I got 7,000 people that haven't bowed down just yet. Hallelujah. And that was it. And Elisha was selected and we know the rest of the story. God's word will always come to pass, but when we come to a place of indiscipline, we give it up. You will not give up your vision. I say you will not give up your vision in the name of Jesus. As we go to this third uh, title today on the creative lifestyle of righteousness, I want to encourage you to understand specifically what God expects of the righteous, who God calls the righteous, and who, what God expects of us in that lifestyle and what God has promised the righteous. So to achieve this God-ordained purpose in life, having vision, having discipline is good, but we must also understand the kingdom citizenship, uh, uh, the kingdom citizenship uh, um, structure of a lifestyle of righteousness, peace, and joy. And that is why in the next three weeks, we'll be looking at this. Paul got this revelation and he spoke it to the Romans. He said, there is something about this kingdom. Before that time, Jesus came. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. When Paul came, as we will see in Romans chapter 14 today from verse 16, Paul got a revelation about what this kingdom really is all about. Now look at it this way, Romans 14, 16. He says, therefore, read it with me, it's on your screen. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but what? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's read it again. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Why am I emphasizing the ands? 
Many times we say it is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that tends to mean that we put commas there, which means that there are options. It could be righteousness, it could be peace, it could be joy. But the words and emphasize the fact that they all are together. So if you are a righteous person, you must, you must compulsorily as a benefactor of this kingdom also live in joy. And you must also compulsorily as a benefactor, as a citizen of this kingdom, also live in peace continually. So anything that threatens your joy and your peace is, is taking away from you, is trying to take away from you your kingdom citizenship rights. When I became a citizen of this country, I was told that I have rights with everybody else who was born here and were born by parents who had origins from here and so on and so forth. And as far as I am concerned, till today, I have not seen any of those rights denied me. Now, I know that people talk about prejudices and racism and all those things, but the reality is everything I ought to get and have access to as a citizen, I get. Praise the Lord. So as a kingdom citizen, it is not negotiable that you are a righteous person and then today you have peace, tomorrow you have joy and then you are balancing. No, something is wrong. It is your God covenant given right to live in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, he said, for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God. When you serve Christ in these things, you are acceptable to God and what? Approved by men. You see, when you are acceptable to God and approved by men, you live above board. What that means is that whatever God should do for you at any point, you know that in life, there are things that God should do for you and there are things that men should do for you. Do you understand that? Man, God is not going to come down and sign a promotion letter, for example, even though it is God that promotes but he's not going to come down and pull paper and, or pull, uh, pull the computer and type a letter of promotion for you. Man has to do that. So as a kingdom citizen who is a righteous person, you must understand that when you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness as commanded by Jesus Christ in Matthew 6, 33, then serving God in this way gives you acceptability by God and you must, somebody say, I must, have the approval. Are you doubting it? Say, I must have the approval of men. This is what makes the difference between the boys and the men and the girls and the women in this kingdom. This is what makes the difference between the babes and the mature. Having an understanding of acceptability by God and approval by men. It gives you audacity everywhere you go. You don't walk in pride and arrogance but you walk in the confidence of who you are. And so when we talk about righteousness, we must understand that it is not these things that people think, that it is some pious look that you must put on and show that you are a Christian or some wear some kind of freaky kind of clothing and say that that makes you righteous or holy. We must understand that it is helping us to come into the place of understanding that there is the kingdom that guarantees us righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, for the sake of emphasis, we will look at righteousness today and concentrate on peace and peace next week and then joy in two weeks' time by the grace of God. When I talk about righteousness and when we talk about righteousness, it is important to understand the difference between righteousness and holiness. Many Christians use them interchangeably, but they mean two different things. 
even though they are part of the same. Many people cannot confidently say this is what righteousness is and this is what holiness is. And I, I want to believe God today that God will help us. It is a very deep subject, but God will help us to, to come to the uh, grasping of it today in Jesus' name. You see, being righteous means that you are acceptable to God. That's what Romans chapter, 11, uh, chapter 14 verse 18 says. Being righteous means that you are acceptable to God. Noah was the first person recorded in scripture as a righteous person. You can see the word just person as well. When the Bible says the just shall live by faith, it's saying the righteous shall live by faith and things like that. Genesis chapter 8 verse 9, the Bible says this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So we two things, see two things there. As a just man, as a righteous man, it was defined. That he was perfect in his generations. Don't forget in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. Jesus said that that is the desire of God. That we be perfect. He was perfect in his generations. And he walked with God. He was perfect and he walked with God. This was the definition of righteousness before Jesus came. It was about walking and obeying the laws of God and also walking closely with God in obedience to what he says. When the psalmist came in Psalm 1 verse 1, he said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it he meditates day and night. His joy, his desire, his passion is in the law of the Lord. However, since Jesus came, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ took away the law. Took us away from under the law of sin and death. According to Romans 8.1. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So Jesus Christ came and Paul now said in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, that now that Jesus has come, we do not obey the law to become righteous anymore. Look at what he says. Let's read together. He said, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The law was what helped people to see and understand that they were falling short of the glory of God. Verse 20. Verse 20. He said, but therefore, read it with me, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That is the work of the law up till today. It is only to help us to understand what sin is. Otherwise, there will be no definition for sin. This is why the world today is trying to define sin from the perspectives outside the word of God. And so it's getting confused. So people say something is acceptable to one group is not acceptable to another group. And so to that group, that thing that is acceptable to them is sin, is not sin. But if it is acceptable to the other, if it is not acceptable to the other group, then it is sin. All that is a load of rubbish. The word of God says it very clearly. The knowledge of sin is revealed by the law of God. That's why the psalmist said, on it, the one who is a blessed man, who is a righteous man, meditates on day and night. 
Verse 21. He said, but the righteous, but now, read it with me please. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is it? Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. So everything that is now required of the believer, of the Christian, of the person is to, be, to become a Christian is to, to believe in Jesus when John wrote, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever does what? Believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is to say, would not perish but become the righteous. That person will become the righteous. And that is why as many of us who are here today, who have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, have been made righteous. Not because we obeyed a set of rules or are obeying a set of rules. But the law of God still is relevant because it helps us to know sin. You cannot be righteous and not understand that if you tell a lie, you are sinning. It doesn't make sense. You are righteous, but you understand that the law of God is against, is, is against lying. It's against fornication. It's against murder. It's against adultery. It's against every form of wickedness. So that you and I remain righteous in understanding what the law says about our status in Christ. However, we have not just become righteous because we just kept a set of rules of do's and don'ts. The Bible says it is a mystery. Colossians 1, 26, you don't need to turn to it. And 27, he says it's a mystery that has been hidden from ages and generations. He said, but it has now been revealed. He said, that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. They did not have it in the days of Noah. They did not have it in the days of Abraham. Abraham was the father of faith in the Old Testament that touched this a little bit. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, And Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. It was counted unto him as righteousness. We must understand that faith in Christ, faith in Christ is key and crucial. And so there can be no righteous person if they do not have faith in Jesus Christ. But being holy, on the other hand, means simply being set apart for God. So when we talk about holiness, when we talk about righteousness, we talk about acceptability. Somebody say acceptability unto God. But when we talk about holiness, we are talking about being set apart. Somebody say being set apart unto God. Now, these are two different things. Even though they come up to mean this, they, they come up to add up and contribute to the same thing. Being set apart unto God. This is why we can have holy objects, holy days, anything that we consider consecrated. We can call it holy. And it used to be in the Old Testament that they actually consecrated vessels and things that they used to do feasts like Passover and so on. And they were consecrated. But we know that the life that we live is a life that God expects us to consecrate also. We read 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, but you are washed. You were sanctified. You were washed. You were sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. He said, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So you become acceptable unto God by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But in your journey of eternity, you are constantly being sanctified. 
being separated. First Thessalonians 5.23. We read it a lot in this church because it is very important. Let's read it together. He said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you what? The word completely means that there is a process to it. There is a place you start. You are being saved. The Bible says for us who are being saved, who are being sanctified completely. He said, and may, let's read it on, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember what the Bible says about Noah in Genesis 6-9, he said that he was a blameless man. He was a just man. And what God is trying to get us to understand that even as the righteous, we must continue to submit ourselves to being set apart. In the three areas of life, man is a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a body. Every area of life must be sanctified. You get sanctified first in your spirit when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But your mind must continually be transformed. That is why at times you find yourself thinking the way you used to think before you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then you submit it to the sanctification again and plead the blood of Jesus and feed yourself with the word of God so that your thoughts can be corrected. This is what it means to be sanctified completely. Your body, God's intention is that ultimately we will put on this, we will put off this body that we see today. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says we will put off this body completely and we will pick on the body of Christ and we shall be exactly like him. It will be glorious. Ultimately, we will receive the body that is heavenly, the body that Christ currently has where he is. So, but as we are on this earth, one of the places of divine health, divine healing and divine health is to continue to help our body to get rid of the things that pollute it. To continue to help our flesh to get rid of the things that pollute it. So, a righteous person must understand that as we are living and growing with God, we must be growing in him. More and more we are changed from one image of glory to the other in the likeness of Jesus. It is the true test that we are on the journey of faith. If your patience, the Bible talks about the things that are measures in Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22, the fruit of the spirit. He said they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and, and long-suffering, and, and self-control. He said if those things, as you look at them in your life, they are not improving, then you should see yourself as not becoming holier. We cannot become righteouser. That's why there's no word called righteouser. But we can become holier. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you can become holier. You become holy and you become holy the day you became righteous. But you can become more holy and more holy as you live this life and engage with the word of God. And your mind is being transformed. When you find yourself reacting differently from the way you should you used to react two years ago, three years ago, then you know that you are actually becoming more like Christ. I have found that the, the best way to become holy is to stay on the Gospels. Now, read the whole Bible, but read the Gospels in and out and learn from the life of this man called Jesus Christ. Learn from his example, every way he taught, Every way he talked, every way he responded, every way he did not respond, every way he prayed, every way he ate, every way he slept, even in the midst of storm, every way he did everything helps your holiness to improve consistently and continually. The reason we are struggling with the subject of holiness, apart from the confusion that the devil has brought all over the world, is the fact that we are using human standards 
to measure holiness. We have taken human definitions of different types. In my time, people have broken televisions. People have burnt clothes. In my life, I have seen people take things down from their houses because they wanted to become holy. Just because it is a standard of one man who said that is what holiness is. Go to the life of Jesus. You will understand. The Bible says we should keep our eyes. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. He said we should fix our eyes on Jesus who is the author. You became righteous by him. And you will finish gloriously by him. So the journey between where you started and where you will finish to become exactly like him must be by him. Hallelujah. You learn of his life. You read of his word. And by the grace of God, we need to understand that this gives us more assurance. So we are righteous and we continue to become holy. We are righteous through faith in Christ, but we are becoming holy as we grow in faith in Christ. I hope that has helped a bit to understand what righteousness is and what holiness is. Righteousness means you have been acceptable by God because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. No two ways, no two definition. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other name except by the name Jesus. We have a world that is trying to define righteousness in different ways today. But the Bible makes us to understand that the only way to become righteous is to accept Jesus Christ as the only son of God and to accept his sacrifice on the cross. But after that point, we continue to walk the walk of holiness by being set apart consistently, allowing our minds to be set apart, allowing our, our bodies to leave the things of the flesh and to move away from the things that tend to corrupt. May God continue to help us in Jesus' name. I say may God continue to help us in Jesus' name. So we have been declared righteous because of something that happened outside us. We have no control over what Jesus did on the cross. He did it as commanded by God the Father. And we all just need to believe it and accept it. Believe it and accept it and confess it continually. Then we are righteous. It is nothing that we could have done ourselves. He did it. But the work of holiness is what he does in us and what we allow him to do in us. What we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of, to help us to live the way God wants us to live. If you do not allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you will be living much more in the dictates of the flesh. You will be, and that is why many people wonder, say, I've been born again. And why, am, why is my life still the same? I still think the same way. I still fight the same way. I still go to the same places. I see no difference. Because it is one thing to become born again. It's another thing to now begin to be set apart. Allowing the Holy Spirit to set you apart continually. And so that you can live the joys that God has ordained. As I said, righteousness and peace and joy is his intention. No man that does not walk the walk of holiness genuinely and sincerely and with the wisdom of God will enjoy true joy and true peace. This is why we must understand the importance of this lifestyle of righteousness. I want to quickly give you a few things that are benefits of righteousness. Just a few. There are so many of them, but I'll just give you about five for the sake of time today. The first thing the Bible makes us to understand is that righteousness exalts. Righteousness promotes. We read that in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Proverbs 14, verse 34. The Bible says, let's read together. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
Righteousness promotes. We saw it in the life of Daniel. We saw it in the life of Joseph. Even the life of David. Because when we talk about King David, the first thing that many people think about is Bathsheba and everything that happened after Bathsheba. But you know, David's life was more qualitative than Bathsheba. In fact, Bathsheba was an anomaly. The story of Bathsheba was an anomaly in the life of David. David was righteousness defined in his days. He loved God with all his heart. He served God with all his heart. He defended a nation for God. Put his life as a 17 year old at risk. He stood for God. And so the Bible says because he was a righteous man, God kept on promoting him. When he was even anointed to be king, he humbled himself and waited, still served the current king. When the current king was going mad in the temple, in the palace, he went there and played the harp with the best of his ability and every anointing he has. And evil spirits were leaving the palace because of his righteousness. He stood for God. No wonder he eventually became king on the platter of gold. Even when that king was trying to kill him and he had opportunity to kill him one time, all his, desire, all his associates said, kill him now, this is your chance. He said, no, I won't do that evil. So David, don't quickly think about his sin against Bathsheba, which was a very careless and useless moment in his life. But the reality is, think about him as a person who loved God. And even that fall should just help you to see that as a righteous person, you must walk in the, in the conscientiousness of who you are so that you don't cheapen your, your, your glorious position in Christ on the altar of sin so easily. The Bible says that we are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation, 1 Peter 2, 9. We are a peculiar people. We are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation. When you are a holy nation, the Bible says righteousness exalts you. Promotion does not come from the east or from the west or from anywhere else. It comes from God. I decree that your promotion will continue to come from God. In the name of Jesus. I have seen many times where people are trying to stop the promotion of a believer. And those people are removed. At times violently. We don't pray for the death of anyone. I will not stand here and pray for the death of anyone. But I will always pray the will of God over your life. Whatever God desires to do and whatever he needs to do. For your life to reflect the promotion of the righteous. I decree that it shall be done in your life. In the name of Jesus. Because of you, God can change a whole organization. And move people around. You would think it's a drama playing before you like this. I've seen it many times. If you have lived my age. And you have followed this God enough. You would have seen some things that many people would not have seen. I can tell you that. I've seen it many times. Righteousness exalts. The people that tried to kill Daniel got killed. They threw him in the lion's den. They said that is him. Do you know they, they set him up because of his righteousness? They tried everything to, 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 to set this man up. It didn't work. They said we cannot catch this man except in the things of the law of his God. So they went and cooked up an evil decree. And made it impossible for the king who really liked Daniel to, to back down. You know how people can be? This is why democracy can be wicked. When there are many voices shouting, do it now, do it now, crucify him. Many kings don't have a choice. And so he put his signature on it, but he wasn't happy. So in the night he was going there, checking, Daniel, are you still there? <laughs> Hallelujah. Those same people, we know their story. When, the, when, when they threw Daniel into the, into the den, 
The Bible says that all the lions refuse to eat him. You know lions too, they are wise. Animals too are sensible. Animals don't eat anything. I used to have a dog like that. If you give it bad food, they will eat it. The food you did not eat in your house. <laughs> you, you smelt it in the house. You saw that it's going bad. They say, go and give it to Lucky. Lucky will not eat anything. When he smells it like that, he will just walk away. <laughs> Come and take your food. Praise the Lord. That was when I was a little child. So even animals know that we eat meat, any kind of meat. In fact, when they threw condemned criminals here, before they land, we tear them. Because we know that's what they did eventually to the people that were thrown in. But when they threw Daniel in, the first one looked, said, ah, not this one. <laughs> he told the others, he said, this man, don't touch. Everybody sat down and we're watching. The people who threw them in, who threw them in could not believe. When the king got here and he said, brought him out. When they threw those people who were trying to kill him in, they all died. We know it. We saw it in the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same people who were trying. So there are people who will be trying to stop your promotion. But as a righteous man and as a righteous woman, your exhortation will be evident to all. In the name of Jesus. Secondly, righteousness protects. Psalm 5 verse 12. He said, for you, O Lord, Psalm 5 verse 12. He said, for you, O Lord, will do what? Bless the righteous with what? Favor, you will surround him as with a shield. The favor that is around a righteous man is like a shield. It's like a protector. This is what works for you even when you are not there. This is what defends you even when you are there and you did not know the evil intentions of the people you are sat with. Do you know that you have sat with people who wish that you were dead many times? Do you know that you have ate with people who wish that you were no longer alive or in that position many times? Do you know you have sat with people who wish that your spouse was their spouse many times? But there is something about your righteousness that protects you. The Bible says it surrounds you with favor as with a shield. You must understand that to walk in righteousness means you are protected. It doesn't mean you live a careless life. It doesn't mean you live as if, you know, because you are protected, you can do anything. But it means you must walk in the consciousness of who you are as a righteous. When favor surrounds you with a shield, everywhere you go, people want to favor you. I say people want to favor you. Favor is so important. We always talk about Luke 2.52. The Bible says, and the child grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Because favor is important. If you are going to make any headway in this life, you must have favor. You must have favor. Don't say, I'm a believer. I am me. Whatever I do, anybody like it. Anybody don't like it. No. You must have favor. You must have favor. You must have favor for the people, with the people you work with. You must have favor with them. Whether they like it or not, they must give you favor. Because it is favor that helps you to enjoy the promotion of the righteous. May God continue to cause favor to work for you. In the name of Jesus. 1 John 5.18 says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. And the wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one cannot touch him. I humbly submit to you, friends, and I'm saying this with every sense of humility and everything I can muster and make my confidential boast in God. I would have died many times, but it was impossible for the devil to kill me. It was impossible. And from those incidents, I learned that the day I leave this earth, it means that that is the final day and there was no other thing left for me to do. If not more than 10 times, I was that close to death. 
but I'll come out of it and come out of it and come out of it. The Bible says the wicked one does not touch him. Stop going about being afraid that the wicked one can kill you before your time. Stop going about being worried and concerned that the wicked one can come to your place and plunder and do what he likes and just get away with it. I want you to understand that the Bible says that you are born of God, you are righteous, and as you keep yourself, the Bible says the wicked one will not touch you. He will not touch you. In the name of Jesus. Thirdly, righteousness rewards. I said righteousness promotes or exalts. Righteousness protects. Thirdly, righteousness rewards. Psalm 18 verse 20. He said, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. The Lord will keep rewarding you. Amen. I said, the Lord will keep rewarding you. Amen. You see, the reward of God comes at times that we never expected. Never expected. In the last few months, I've had to, to spend so much money doing so many things. And, you know, and with all that's going on as well. And so I was really needing to do some more things. And then I needed to put some funds together. And suddenly I got a, a letter from, the, from, the, from HMRC. I said, these guys, because the every time you see their letter, they're telling you, you do tax is not enough. <laughs> they will change your code again. I don't even know how much they take from me. Just keep taking, keep taking. Then they say they owe me money. I say, you owe me money in this country. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, tax people say they owe me money. Can you believe in this country? I, and I've had that a couple of times. But the reality is that, and it's some good money that can do some things. But the reality is this. God can just open any door for you anytime. I don't know how they calculate it. Every year they will send me that thing. They know what they calculate. But they came back and said that they owed me money. So they're going to pay me my money. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there is a way God will reward you when you are not even expecting. You go somewhere just on your own. You didn't know what God had lined up there. And suddenly, <laughs> rewards are placed there by God. You will continue to enjoy the reward of God. Amen. As you serve God, the Bible says he rewards those that diligently serve him. You will continue to enjoy the reward of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I like this one. Righteousness. I was just picking these things from the scriptures I, I, I've been meditating on for many years. The fourth one. Righteousness yields boldness. Proverbs 28 verse 1. The Bible says, Proverbs 28 verse 1. Thank you. Let's read together. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Friends, without boldness and courage, you can't go too far. No matter your anointing, no matter your gifting, even if you are the best person in that field, if you are not bold, you can't go far. Because everything that is good in life will always require you to overcome serious challenges. Everything that matters, believe me. You, a lot of you have gone to university, gone to colleges, you've gone through school, you, you, you've got qualifications. Did you just wake up one day and, and just went in and you just wrote something like that. And then they slapped you the qualification and said, because we like your face. <laughs> no, you studied hard. You passed. At times you didn't do so well, you did it again. So you are courageous by taking new grounds. And that's why the Bible says one of the things the righteous must have is boldness. They say, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Of love and of boldness and of a sound mind. We must be bold. We cannot be willy-nilly people as Christians and take this world for Jesus. We can't. We can't. 
We're talking about, for example, in our church now, we're talking about buying this property and the adjacent property offered to us. You've got to be bold. You've got to be bold. You've got to harass the devil to say, this is an opportunity. We'll take it. The fathers that were before us were bold. They were courageous. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 29, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. If they were not bold those days, Christianity would have died before it ever even smelt our own lives. You've got to be bold. We've got to be bold. Righteousness has nothing to do with timidity. Righteousness has nothing to do with fear. Fear is not of God. The fear that comes from the devil is not of God. The righteous are as bold as a lion. So when you are going for your appraisal, when you are going for your next interview, when you are going for your next exam, you pray in the morning and put on the spirit of boldness. You say, Lord, it comes upon me afresh. I am going in courage. I am going in power. I'm going in a sound mind. When you sit down, they will know somebody has landed. Of course, make your preparation before. Don't, don't just go without preparing. <laughs> go to the website, do all those things you should do. Do the research, know about the organization. Don't just go and say, Pastor, say, I should just be bold. That's not what I'm telling you. Do all your research and everything, but don't go like ordinary human beings. Go there and sit down. In the year 2003, I was to do a very important professional exam in this country. And I was just three years old in the country at that time. I didn't know many things about the operations I had about 10 years experience at that point from my home country but I didn't know a lot of the systems so I sat down and the person said to me after I prayed like this and went for that interview the person said to me he said if they give you this kind of site it is to become a, a chartered construction manager with with, a, with that professional body say if they give you this kind of site and he described the kind of scene I've never seen before he said what will you do which system will you put in place what will you approve what will you disapprove he asked me almost 10 questions in one and I was looking at the man. I didn't know what to say. And in my breath, when he was asking, I knew I need God for this one. In my breath, as he was asking, I was As soon as he finished, the Holy Spirit said to me, ask him what he would have done. Now, it takes boldness to do that. Somebody asks you a question, and you are replying with question. <laughs> are you a Nigerian? <laughs> He asks you a question and you are replying. He takes boldness to do that. The Holy Spirit said to me, ask him what he would have done. And I said to him, I said, wow, what a scenario. What would you have done? He said, I, I, he was taken aback. He said, I, 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 well, I'm going to set up this system, make sure that one is in place, make sure the site is in safe and this and that and there's induction. And he said, and he was answering his own question for me. When he finished, I said, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> I said, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it's history. I've, I've had that membership for 15 years now. It's history. You've got to be bold. You can't sit down there and be afraid of things. Because they told you that they don't give it to people. So you have not even tried. You have not even read anything. The first person you may say, ah, you want to try, they don't give to people. You too, you gave up. No, you go if God said that's what you should have. Read it, understand it, go for it. I say, read it, understand it, go for it. And the boldness of the righteous will come upon you. In the name of Jesus. Finally, righteousness brings provision. When you are righteous, the psalmist said, Psalm 37 verse 25. He said, I have been young, now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Many people read this scripture and say, maybe the psalmist did not see my situation before he said this. The right... The truth is that the righteousness is never forsaken. That's the first thing. When you come to an occasion of begging, 
there has been a forsaking, not by God, but by you. When you go back to God, you suddenly find that every trace of what would look like begging will flee from your life. Take this from me. It is never God's fault when righteous are begging. It's nothing to do with God. The psalmist gave us the secret. He said, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But you can leave him and forsake him by ignoring his word, by using sense knowledge, by doing the things that are unimportant. You can do that. So you have to refuse doing that and go to the God who said he cannot forsake you. The one who says he will not forsake you. And then every trace of begging in your life will cease. In the name of Jesus. This is what is called divine provision. This is the mystery of divine provision. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that the Gentiles are running after will come after you. That will be your portion. I said that will be your portion. In the name of Jesus. I want to conclude this this morning by saying to you. We must always remember who we are and whose we are. Tell your neighbor for me, you must remember who you are and whose you are. For those of you watching this by Live Guitar TV or listening to the audio, we read from the scriptures, a scripture reading today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We read it from verse 9 right through to verse 21. But I want to take just two verses in verse 17 and 21 to help us to continue to remember who we are. And whose we are. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read together. One, two, go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Say to your neighbor for me, you are a new creation. Because you are in Christ. That's what makes it all different. Your hair doesn't change. Your color of skin doesn't change. If it does, come and tell us you are the first person. Nothing changes about you in physical, but you are now a different person. Again, I'll use citizenship for those of us who naturalized and took on citizenship of, say, this country from other countries. The reality is that when we became citizens, nothing changed, but status changed. Before that time, when I got back after my travels and I got to the airport, and I meet the immigration officer. He asks me almost every kind of question. Where are you coming from? How long have you been? When are you going back? Blah, blah, blah. How tall is your hair? <laughs> Everything possible. And then he says, okay, you are welcome back. You can go in. But the day I became a citizen, I just touched the pad with my, with my passport, isn't it? And I walked through like everybody else. So nothing has changed in the me you are seeing, but status has changed. If you are in Christ, that is how your status has changed. Don't let the devil tell you that you are that person that used to get angry and the whole world will be shaking. Don't say, if you know me before I born again. I don't want to know you before you born again. <laughs> you tell your wife or husband, I just pity you. If you know me before I got born again. <laughs> we don't want to know you before you got born. That's why we married, they married you. They married you because they know that you are no longer that person. Don't bring that person into the family. <laughs> that person is dead. Hallelujah. You are a new creation. All things have passed away. You are now the righteousness. Let's go to verse 21. He said, and so he made him, verse 21, let's read together. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So who you are is a new creation. The righteous. 
Whose you are is in God. You are in him, in God. You are now the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor for me. Because you are the righteousness of God. You are exalted. For it is written. Righteousness exalts a nation. Make sure you are talking to your neighbor. Because you are the righteousness of God. You are protected. For it is written. For you O Lord. Will bless the righteous. With favor. You will surround him. Because you are the righteous. You are rewarded. By God himself. For it is written. The Lord rewarded me. According to my righteousness. Say because you are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. You are bold. You are courageous. You overcome every fear. For it is written. The righteous. Are as bold. As a lion. Overcome every fear today. Say because you are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. You are divinely protected and divinely provided for by God Almighty. For it is written, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. You will no longer beg for anything. You will no longer beg for anything. Rise to your feet with me in the name of Jesus. Amen.